All right, we're going to tell you everything that you need to know about the Las Vegas massacre that occurred late last night. We're going to give you all the informational background, all the political hot takes, and why we should wait for all the information to come out. Plus, we'll talk about Puerto Rico and the fallout therefrom. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Horrifying act of evil last night, about 10 p.m. in Las Vegas, a shooter opens fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, overlooking a giant 22,000-person country music concert that was happening. Uh, the, the shooter ends up murdering almost 60 people. The number continues to rise and has injured well over 500 people. So it's the worst massacre, the worst mass shooting in American history. Of course, this is leading to all sorts of political hot takes without any information. I want to discuss uh, a bunch of things, a bunch of angles on this particular incident. I'm going to give you all the information. I'm going to explain the, the hot takes that are being presented. And I also want to talk about the problem of evil and what exactly, how we break down evil. How do we fight evil? How is it possible to stop situations like this? Or can situations like this attacks on soft targets by people who heretofore had had really no criminal background. How, can, can we stop those things? Are the, is it possible to stop those things? We're going to talk about all of this. But first, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors quickly over at ZipRecruiter. So right now, you're looking to hire up. You're looking to staff up. The economy's doing well. But you don't know where to get the best employees. Well, that's why you need ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible match. We use it over here at The Daily Wire. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, it doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them for you. You post the job, and they already have all the resumes, and it just hooks you right up. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter must, they do get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, and right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. You're going to get the best employees if you use ZipRecruiter, bar none. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That allows you to post your jobs for free. Go check it out and make your company better today with ZipRecruiter. Okay, so here is the quick background on what exactly happened last night. First, I can show you this video. Uh, there's a lot of video that has been emerging from the incident because obviously in a crowd of 22,000 people at a, at a concert, uh, there are a lot of folks who are filming the concert. Uh, and then shots ring out, and it sounds like an automatic weapon. It sounds like someone is firing a machine gun from about 300 yards, about three football fields away from the Mandalay Bay. And you can see it looming up there in the skyline uh, and people just being mowed down at, in this concert. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievably horrifying. Largest and most prosperous cities. 
Uh, and I mean, just overwhelming the, the hospitals. Right now, if you can, you should go out and you should give blood. We have a list over at dailywire.com of ways that you can help uh, with, with this situation so you don't feel helpless. Um, obviously, pray for the world, pray for the country, and pray for the victims. Just horrifying all the way around. Here was President Trump's press conference this morning at which he spoke about what had just happened. My fellow Americans, we are joined together today in sadness, shock, and grief. Last night, a gunman opened fire on a large crowd at a country music concert in Las Vegas, Nevada. He brutally murdered more than 50 people and wounded hundreds more. I want to thank the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and all of the first responders for their courageous efforts and for helping to save the lives of so many. The speed with which they acted is miraculous and prevented further loss of life. To have found the shooter so quickly after the first shots were fired is something for which we will always be thankful and grateful. It shows what true professionalism is all about. So President Trump ordered the flags around the United States to be flown at half-staff in honor of the victims. It is the worst massacre, the worst mass shooting in American history. Uh, here's what we know about the shooter. He's 64 years old. His name is Stephen Paddock from Mesquite, Nevada. There's no motive as of yet. Uh, people, you know, whenever these sorts of things happen, everybody in the news industry immediately goes to social media and begins trying to uncover all of the facts about the guy. None of that has come out so far. Apparently, according to Corey Rose over at the local news, he was known to local police, um, but they don't really have a criminal history. Uh, they, there have been reports that he lived in a retirement home, but this, remain un, this remains unconfirmed at this time. The police have checked out his girlfriend, a woman named Mary Lou Danley. They've said that she had nothing to do with it at this point. Uh, They're now saying that he used a fully automatic weapon, and upon searching the suspect's home, officers found several weapons. Uh, so I'll explain to you what the law is regarding fully automatic weapons in the United States. Suffice it to say, federal law has forbid the sale of fully automatic rifles in the United States since 1986. So the idea that this was, you know, some guy just went down to the local gun shop and bought a gun, if this was indeed a fully automatic weapon, uh, that, is, that is not correct. And you can hear on that tape, it sounds like a fully automatic weapon, right? The difference between a fully auto and a semi-auto, for people who are not familiar with guns, is that a semi-auto, you would hear burst fire. And usually those bursts are three bullets. So in that case, you hear a continuous rat-a-tatting rat of a machine gun like you would in a war movie. Uh, that's what, what a fully automatic weapon sounds like. Uh, there is a modification that you can make uh, to, to some uh, semi-automatic weapons uh, that can ruin the gun. It can also, if you, if you do it right, then it can apparently make it fully automatic. Or uh, there's also a modification that you can make uh, that allows you to fire using the recoil from the, the semi-automatic rifle, basically. Uh, you hold your finger in one place, and then there's a, a stock, that you, a gun stock that you put on the gun that bounces back, and so that it sort of rattles against your shoulder, and that allows it to sort of act like a fully automatic weapon. Um, but we don't have evidence that that's what was happening as of yet. According to Las Vegas Sheriff Joe Lombardo, the motive remains unclear, but is not suspected to be terrorism. This is all according to Amanda 
Presta Giacomo over at Daily Wire says, uh, he said, at this point, we believe it was a local individual. He resides here locally. I'm not at liberty to give you his place of residence yet because it's an ongoing investigation. We don't know what his belief system was at the time. Right now, we believe he's the sole aggressor at this point. The scene is static. Do not believe rumors that ISIS is putting out claiming credit for this. ISIS does this sometimes. ISIS has claimed credit for crimes it did not commit because it wants to make it appear as though it's an act of terrorism. Now, it may come out later that it was an act of radical Islamic terror, but we have no evidence of that so far. So please do not spread rumors of that. If you're going to talk about it, say there's no evidence so far because there is no evidence of it so far. So again, uh, the girlfriend was, was reportedly traveling with him, but they are suggesting that, uh, that she has nothing to do with it at this point. Uh, she was apparently found outside the country and Paddock reportedly used her ID to get into the hotel. Uh, he was found dead by officers in a hotel room on the 32nd floor. Apparently when they blew open the door, he killed himself. The suspect's brother gave a TV, TV interview in which he said that there were no warning signs and said that he just snapped. Uh, we're going to continue updating and providing you that information as the show goes on live. Also go over to Daily Wire for real-time updates. So those are all the facts. That's what we know. Okay, those are all the things that we know. That's pretty much it. I mean, like, I, I'm not aware of anything else that we know. Based on that slim coterie of fact, people are immediately drawing the conclusions they want to draw. And this is one of the big problems in modern politics, is that people are immediate, they, they have preset conclusions that they want to get to, such as gun control, good, gun control, useful. And they immediately take this and they just shove the square peg into the round hole of gun control, even if there's no real evidence at this point that gun control would have made this any better. Uh, so Stephen Gutkowski over at the Washington Free Beacon, he has a very good rundown over at Washington Free Beacon talking about exactly what, it, what exactly um, the, the gun laws are that are on the books at this point. Uh, and as he says, the gun laws with regard to machine guns are and have been quite strict for a long time. So since 1986, that is the case. Since 1986, it has been illegal in the United States to buy a fully automatic long gun. Fully automatic firearms, this is Gutowski talking, this is fully automatic firearms that were registered under the National Firearms Act before 1986 were grandfathered in and are still illegal. However, in order to obtain a legal fully automatic firearm, you must apply to the ATF, pay a $200 tax, and register with the ATF. The ATF has a registry of every legally owned fully automatic firearm and informs local law enforcement of all who own them in their jurisdiction. Fingerprints and photographs are required to be submitted along with a registration application. In practice, there are several hundred thousand legally registered fully automatic firearms in the United States, but they are very hard to obtain. And beyond the registration process, which can, which can take up to nine months to complete, the price of fully automatic firearms is extremely high. The low end of fully automatic firearms is around five figures per gun. He says he's seen fully automatic firearms in the $300,000 range. The reason this is relevant is because what you'll hear is that they're unregulated. This is untrue. That is a gun myth. Now, there are a bunch of people who are putting aside, who are putting aside any semblance of reality. In fact, in order to promulgate this political agenda, Hillary Clinton is one of those. So Barack Obama does the right thing. He tweets out basically that this is just horrifying. Hillary Clinton, however, can't stop herself. So she tweets out, she starts in this way. <clears throat> Las Vegas, we are grieving with you. The victims, those who lost loved ones, the responders, and all affected by this cold-blooded massacre. And then she continues along these lines. She says, the crowd fled at the son of gunshots. It took her legitimately five minutes to go political with this. She says, the crowd fled at the sound of gunshots. Imagine the deaths if the shooter had a silencer, which the NRA wants to make easier to get. So within minutes, she's already politicizing this and blaming the NRA without any evidence the NRA had anything to do with this. There was no silencer on the gun, obviously, and apparently. Uh, she continued along these lines as well. Um, but this, is, this was the, the main thrust of it. So she's blaming the NRA 
for all of this. And that is just unacceptable. First of all, it's irrelevant. He wasn't using a silencer. Uh, it's stupid because that's not how silencers work. The idea that the silencer would have prevented people from hearing that, all a silencer does is it prevents damage to the ears of the person who's firing the gun. Silencers do not silence guns. Okay, when I'm, they, they reduce the volume, of course, but it doesn't sound like it does not Die Hard. Like if you watch Die Hard, if you watch any of these older movies where somebody puts a silencer on a pistol and then they fire it and it sounds basically like an envelope opening, right? Just sort of, it sounds like, right? That, that's not what a gun sounds like when fired with a silencer. I've fired a gun with a silencer. It sounds like a jackhammer. It's very, very loud. Beyond that, the reason that this shooter presumably didn't use a silencer is because silencers can overheat and prevent the firing mechanism from working properly. This guy knew what he was doing. He apparently had multiple firing positions inside his suite in the Mandalay Bay uh, and was firing down into the crowd. So Hillary doesn't know what she's talking about. It's irrelevant. It's ignorant. And it's doing something else which I find really atrocious, and that is doing the same routine I blamed Piers Morgan for back after Sandy Hook, standing on the, on the evils of this situation and the horrors of this situation in order to make a political point and suggesting that people who disagree with her about things like silencers don't care enough about the people who are just shot. First of all, I would just suggest this is a country music concert. I would bet you the majority of the people in that crowd are not in favor of Hillary Clinton-type gun regulations. Even the people who are in the crowd, even the victims, I'm sure, many, many not the people who are, who are, I don't want to speak for people who are dead or people who are shot, so I shouldn't say that. But I will say that a lot of people at a country music concert, that's a crowd that's more likely to be pro-gun than other, than other crowds. So Hillary Clinton can't even speak on behalf of those people with accuracy. Okay, I want to talk in a second about a couple of other reasons it's inappropriate to immediately jump to legislative proposals without evidence in just a second. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at ProFlowers. So... For anyone who's excited about this fall, if you're, you're just looking to, to help a loved one or, or give something nice to a loved one, you need to go over to my friends at Pro Flowers. They have long-lasting bouquets in your favorite fall colors. Their best-selling is Cinnamon Cider Roses, a great option for a birthday, or go with one of the classics like 100 Autumn Blooms or a dozen Autumn Roses. You can't lose because no matter what bouquet you send right now, you get 20% off any of Pro Flowers' unique bouquets of $29 or more. Pro, Pro Flowers is just great. It shows up at the house. You can pick the date you want it to show up. And these flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven days. They're guaranteed fresh for at least seven days or you get your money back. And if they break, if, if it comes and it's broken in delivery, if the vase is broken, they'll replace it. We've had that happen. They're great about it. They just replace it right away. To get 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more, go to proflowers.com. That's proflowers.com. Use my code BENSHOW at checkout. That's proflowers.com and use code BENSHOW at checkout. Again, proflowers.com. Use Ben Show at checkout and you get 20% off all bouquets of $29 or more. Whenever I'm out of town, I send my wife flowers using ProFlowers. And yes, I use my own promo code Ben Show in order to get the discount. So go over to proflowers.com and use Ben Show at checkout. So as I say, people on the left immediately jumped to political positioning. Elizabeth Warren did the routine. We have to do something now, something now to stop it. So we'll talk in a second about what could be done to stop these sorts of things, if anything. Um, but She's not the only one. Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist, tweeted out something quite disgusting. He tweeted out, Dern tootin', great shootin', cool dude certain, he's Second Amendment right. Hell yeah. And he spells rights R-A-H-T-S because it's supposed to be in a southern accent. Every country has its psychopaths. In U.S., they have guns. Okay, well, in Britain, they've been murdering people. You know, they've had multiple terror attacks, including in Manchester, uh, using weapons and bombs and you know this idea that it's only in the united states we have to worry about this stuff is just not true um but richard dawkins could use a little bit of god because apparently he lost his tact and his decency when he lost his god uh, th there are a few problems with uh, with jumping to conclusions here one again we still do not know the shooter's motive this happened last night we still have no inkling of the shooter's motive how the sh how the shooter acquired his weapons we still don't know 
So suggesting laws that we don't know would stop this guy from acquiring the weapon in the first place is always troublesome. Now, to be intellectually honest, I want to say you can propose a good law that doesn't necessarily deal with this specific situation, right? It's not like every law has to deal with the specific situation at hand. If it reduces the probability of a situation like this, or if it doesn't even have to do with this situation, but it's going to make things safer generally, right? You can pass a seatbelt law that has nothing to do with a mass shooting. The seatbelt law can still be good, but it's dishonest to suggest that using a situation like this to push a law that wouldn't have stopped a situation like this, the two things are related because they're not. Right? If, you, if you use this to push a child safety law about cribs, that's obviously unrelated. Well, if you use this incident to pass a law or push a law or push a policy that has nothing to do with this particular shooting, again, unrelated is unrelated. And then there's a final point, and this is something that we all fall into, whether on the right and on the left. When something bad happens, we immediately jump to what could the government have done? What should the government have done? Making policy in the heat of passion is not a good way to make policy. It's why we don't have a democracy. It's why we have a republic. It was to shield policymaking from the passions of the public. It was to shield policymaking from the problems inherent in getting very emotional and passionate about situations. You know, the fact is that policy is best made when we're at a bit of a remove. Injecting emotional accusations into the process does not make things better. It just makes things more polarized. We saw this after Barack Obama would push gun control after every mass shooting, and people would say, wait a second, are you implying I don't care when people get shot just because we disagree? All it does is make people, it, it, we're unified in how evil this is, we're Americans, we're brothers and sisters, polarizing the electorate on the basis of a policy and suggesting that people who disagree with you don't care about shootings like this is really nasty. What I say about this is now is a good time to shut up about policy. It's actually a really good time to contemplate the nature of human evil, to gather all the information and stay silent. There'll be plenty of time to talk policy. And I'm not even telling you wait six months. I'm telling you wait 48 hours. Wait 24 hours. There'll be plenty of time to talk policy when all of the details are out. And then we can have a real good debate about what are the costs and benefits of policies? Because as I say, you could pass a policy tomorrow, it would violate the Second Amendment, but you could try to pass a policy banning all guns in the United States, but that has costs and it has benefits and it has risks and it has rewards. But we have to discuss those rationally without suggesting that people who disagree somehow don't care when bad things happen to good people. Now, pictures from this whole thing are horrifying. And I wanna talk a little bit about the nature of evil because there's one, there, there's one word that I've steadfastly attempted to avoid when discussing issues like that, and that is the word tragedy. You'll see a lot of people today use the word tragedy. I don't use the word tragedy in relation to acts of human evil. A tragedy is what happened in Puerto Rico. Right? A tragedy is a natural disaster that happens, an unavoidable, an unavoidable incident, a cancer that hits somebody and they die of, of illness. Right? That's a tragedy. It's not a tragedy when somebody evil does an evil thing. That's an act of evil. That's an act of evil. And this person bears full responsibility for that. This person will burn in hell for what they did today. Um, and uh, it's just horrifying in every way. So let's talk about evil. You know, I, I think that it's very easy uh, when, when horrible things happen for us to say evil is something other. Evil is something alien. Evil is something that's not us. Right? It's just something that's far away from us. And we have to discuss in situations like this, what is the exact type of evil that we're talking about? Because there are actually several types of evil. Evil is not just one big amorphous thing. Evil is a descriptor of acts. If you're talking about acts, then it is a big amorphous thing, right? An act to kill a child is evil. But when we're talking about evil people or evil belief systems, we have to distinguish what makes a person evil or a belief system evil other than just the act. Because Again, there are many types of things that drive people to do those evil things. That's what we're talking about now, the evil motivation. 
And how we make policy is largely dependent on what kind of evil motivation we're talking about here. So there's a guy named Roy Baumeister. Roy Baumeister uh, is a psychologist, uh, and he's also a terrific writer. He has an entire book called Evil, Inside Human Violence and Cruelty. I've quoted it in some of my college speeches. And he breaks down evil into basically four forms of evil. And I think it's important to talk about these four forms of evil and determine if what we saw last night was one of these four forms or was it something else? So here are the four forms of evil that Baumeister talks about. The first form of evil is what he calls instrumental evil, instrumentality. This is the idea that you have an object in mind and you don't care what means are used in order to gain that end. You want money, you don't care that it's not your money, you go to the bank, you rob it, you shoot somebody. That is instrumental evil, right? This is suicide bombers who think that they are doing some greater good by killing a bunch of children in a pizzeria. That's instrumental evil. The ends justify the means. And that's one we all have to be careful with because we all are ten- we have a tendency to fall for that, right? That's an easy human one to fall into. And when you wonder why good people become evil, that's an easy one to fall into to say my ends are so important it doesn't matter if I treat another human being as a means. Okay, the second form of evil that Baumeister talks about or the second motive for evil is what he calls threatened egotism. He says that violence was, isn't perpetrated by those with low self-esteem but those with relatively high self-esteem or self-esteem that was threatened. Here's what he says. He said, quote, violence is perpetrated by a subset of people who think well of themselves. And indeed, it mainly occurs when they believe that their favorable images of self have been threatened or attacked. This is the danger inherent. To, this is the one I talk about at college campuses. This is the danger inherent in what we call microaggressions culture, right? The idea that you're being insulted and therefore you have the right to lash out at somebody. That's the kind of evil we also have to watch out for in ourselves. And I would suggest that we have to be careful when we talk politics because of this. Right? We have to stop feeling offended when we disagree politically. We have to stop attributing evil motives to people who disagree with us because then we're more likely to become evil ourselves. The third form of evil is idealism. This is really just a subset of instrumentality. This is the, the people who believe that communism justifies the murder of 100 million people because we're creating utopia. Uh, the, the closer we, we try to hew to utopia, the, cl- the further we move away from human freedom and justify violence. And finally, there's sadism. Right? Sadism is the least common type of evil. It's the one that we tend to attribute evil acts to the most, but it's actually the least common type. Sadism is the idea that you enjoy violence, right? You're just a kid who tortured puppies, and now you go out and you murder human beings. This is very, very uncommon. His theory is that it would be more common except for guilt, that we all have guilt, and so if we do something bad, we feel bad about it. Once that guilt is removed, then we have a tendency to engage in further evil. Now, the reason I'm breaking down these types of evil is because when we make policy, we have to determine what sort of evil we're fighting. Several of these types of evil are actually only fightable. They're only combatable through moral education, right? So ends justify the means thinking. That is only combatable through moral education. You can have laws on the books that stop people from from committing violence, but that's not gonna help you if people are willing to break those laws in order to achieve a higher end. Moral education is the only way that you can prevent that. That's not something that can be done at the governmental level. It has to be done at the individual level, at the community level, at the school level. That's something that we all have a part in helping to prevent. Well, how about, how about threatened egotism, the, the motive that springs from threatened egotism? Well, there, I think that it's important, again, moral education has to take a, take a hand here. We all have to acknowledge that political disagreements do not involve a, a, a blight on your, on your identity. Idealism, same thing. Your ideals do not justify violence. This is a moral education issue. Sadism is one where, you know, and if this looks like a sadistic crime, which it may well be, or if this is a crime of mental illness, that's the one where we can talk public policy. Because the problem is with all the other three you're talking about, everyone is susceptible to it. Everyone is susceptible to instrumental evil. Everyone is susceptible to idealistic evil. Everyone is, thre- is susceptible to threatened egotism evil. So if you promulgate a regulation targeting any of those three things or any of those three types of people, you're going to 
threaten, you're going to take away rights from everyone. The only types of people that we can profile are sadists and mentally ill people. Those are the only types of people that we can profile. This is why you see the, the great discrepancy between how the left describes stuff like this, talking about the instruments of evil, the guns, and the right talks about how do we actually stop people from committing these acts. It's a complete, they're two completely separate conversations. I wanna talk a little bit more about that <clears throat> in just a second, but first, I wanna suggest that you go over to My Patriot Supply right now and prepare yourself with new survival food supplies. So if you look at what just happened, the hurricane in Puerto Rico, if you look at what's happened in Houston or what's happened in Florida, if you look at the earthquakes that have been happening uh, in various locales around the world, or if you just see you know, terrible terror attacks, you know that there may be times where you are forced to shelter in place. If you're forced to shelter in place, you're going to want food. You don't want to have to run out to the grocery store. The grocery store may be empty anyway. It's very important that you have enough food at home to take care of your family for a while in case you can't leave the house. Well, that's why you need to go over to 888-803-1413, 888-803-1413, or online at preparewithben.com. It's 99 bucks plus free shipping. My, paper, my Patriot Supply, these are the people I would trust. All the people in the office have tasted the food. They say that it really is quite good. 888-803-1413, preparewithben.com. $99 is not a lot of money in order to ensure that your family is safe in case of a crisis. 888-803-1413, preparewithben.com. Again, that's preparewithben.com. Okay, so the reason that I discuss evil is because I think this is what conservatives tend to do. We tend to say, okay, how do we stop people like this evil piece of garbage who shot 500 people in Las Vegas last night? How do we stop people like that from doing what they do? How do we separate those people from guns? And the left says, if everybody is susceptible to, to being bad, then nobody should have a gun. Well, the reality is that the vast majority of people who are susceptible to being bad are not people who do this. And I still agree with the basic argument that the only way to stop a guy with a gun is a guy with a gun. And in this particular case, it was law enforcement because this was a planned terror attack that was occurring from a vantage point high up where only law enforcement could do something about it. But there have been no, a number of situations where people with guns have stopped people with guns. Um, that, is, that is certainly the case. Uh, all the arguments for the Second Amendment don't stop applying just because somebody misused the Second Amendment or obtained their gun illegally. We don't even know how this guy obtained his gun in the first place. So again, There'll be lots of time to discuss the policy implications of all this tomorrow. All I would suggest for everybody is that we focus in on how we cleanse our own hearts of the tendency to do evil things, how we look at the world, uh, and, and that we think a little bit more about the fact that we're all brothers and sisters in this fight against evil people, and we really need to focus together on how we can make our country a better place across the board without tearing each other apart over, over simple political disagreements, because I see that happening too much, and I find it really uh, inappropriate and quite disgusting. Okay, so in other news, uh, the president of the United States is in hot water over everything that's happening in Puerto Rico. So there, there's been a bit of a controversy over whether what's happening in Puerto Rico is really Trump administration failure or if it's the media blowing it out of proportion. This is one of the problems with the country where we've all lost trust, right? The media, we feel, is a partisan, is a partisan hit factory, and that's exactly right. On the other hand, we look at the Trump administration. We can't say we trust these people to tell us the truth about what's going on in Puerto Rico. After all, they have a stake in the game the same way that any administration would have a stake in the game. So I'm going to give you some information. I'm not an expert about about hurricane preparedness or hurricane 
or hurricane cleanup or disaster cleanup or disaster relief. I'm not an expert on this. I assume you're not either. So I'm going to allow a couple of different experts to talk about this because I think that it's important to get the most objective view that we can because all that I'm hearing from one side is that Trump is Hitler and he's not doing the right, he's not doing the right thing. He's letting people starve because they're brown and all this. And on the other side, that Trump is the greatest relief president that ever lived and everything that he's done is, is pitch perfect and all of this is an unfair hit job. So here is an article from Bloomberg.com courtesy of a guy named Tobin Harshaw. And he, uh, and he interviewed a retired Navy captain named Jimi Hendrix. So Jimi Hendrix is uh, Jerry Hendrix, not the guitarist. He's a senior fellow with the Center for a New American Security, and he served for decades both on the high seas and in high-level staff jobs, including with the Chief of Naval Operations Executive Panel and the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Policies of Regular Warfare Quadrennial Defense Review. He has degrees from Purdue Harvard, the Naval Postgrad School, and a PhD from King's College in London. And, uh, and here's what he said. What he suggested is that the Trump administration is actually doing a pretty good job. He says he doesn't think the criticism has been fair. He says there is a fair amount of anticipatory action that is not being recognized. Amphibious ships, including the light amphibious carriers Kearsage and Wasp and the amphibious landing ship dock Oak Hill, uh, were at sea and dispatched to Puerto Rico ahead of the hurricane's impact. These are large ships that have large flight decks to land and dispatch heavy lift CH-53 helicopters to and from disaster sites. They also have big well decks, exposed surfaces that are lower than the fore and aft of the ship from which large landing craft can be dispatched to shore carrying over 150 tons of water, food, and supplies on each trip. You're seeing a lot of rumors online about problems distributing the supplies throughout the country because of unionized truck businesses or, or impassibility of the roads. That has nothing to do with Trump. These are actually the ideal platforms, he says, for relief operations owing to their range of assets. The ships, due to their designs to support marine amphibious landings and war zones, also have hospitals aboard. And he says that the there is a broad misunderstanding of uh, the USS Comfort's mission. This is a hospital ship that was sent. It was kind of held up and then sent later. She's not an emergency response ship, but a hospital ship. She was built to accompany a large military force into war zones. Um, and says it's revelatory of where the U.S. group mind is now that when the American public thinks about the ships like Comfort and Mercy, they automatically think of them as part of a civilian emergency response force rather than quietly considering the type of potential conflict that would require a hospital ship with a thousand beds. I can tell you when I think of these ships, I internally shudder at the thought of the type of conflict they were intended to support. He says that basically there, there are ways that the Trump administration could be doing better, but they're not doing badly at all. So that's one perspective. The other perspective is coming courtesy of the Washington Post. So the Washington Post suggests that the Trump administration has not sent enough people. They compare the U.S. response to Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico with the U.S. response under George W. Bush, uh, or sorry, under a Barack Obama of the Haitian earthquake in January 2010. So a couple of differences. The Haitian earthquake in January 2010 ended up killing something like 100,000 people. Like literally hundreds of thousands of people died. We don't have a body count on Puerto Rico, so we don't know how bad the damage is in comparison to Haiti. But here's what they say. They say, eight days after Hurricane Maria ripped across neighboring Puerto Rico, just 4,400 service members were participating in federal operations to assist the devastated island, an Army general told reporters on Thursday. In addition, about 1,000 Coast Guard members were aiding the efforts. 40 U.S. military helicopters were helping deliver food and water to 3.4 million residents of the U.S. territory, along with 10 Coast Guard helicopters. And then there are a bunch of people who helped out in Haiti who said that they are not happy with the level of support. They say within two days of Haiti's earthquake, the Pentagon had 8,000 American troops en route. Within two weeks, 33 military ships and 22,000 troops had arrived. More than 300 military helicopters buzzed overhead, delivering millions of pounds of food and water. So they're suggesting that basically this is a fraction of what was, of what was done with Haiti. Again, I don't have the expertise, so I'm just going to present you with the facts without 
without making a hard and fast judgment. Suffice it to say, I'm seeing credible people on both sides of the aisle, some saying that all of this is basically going as planned, and some people saying that this is obviously not sufficient. So before you start believing all the rumors that everything is a disaster area, I don't think that that is, uh, I don't think all the information is on one side. Here's a video that's been released from the U.S. Coast Guard showing what the Coast Guard is doing to try and do cleanup in Puerto Rico. And this is Ismael Rosado of the U.S. Coast Guard Special Agent. Expected some damage, um, but not to the extent that we experienced yesterday, that we witnessed yesterday. It, it was, uh, people lost everything in their houses. They, um, everything, everything. They just, the only thing they had in the, it seems like whatever they, they were wearing, that was what's left. Looking at the homes and seeing where the water line was pretty much chest level for me, uh, it, it was definitely um, it was definitely a challenge to keep it together. When uh, we started uh, distributing the uh, supplies uh, throughout the uh, community, uh, it. it I was sad. I was sad looking at uh, the, the conditions that So, I mean, obviously, you can people, see that there is work that's being done on the ground, and, uh, and you wouldn't see a lot of these videos, uh, except for the fact that a lot of these branches of the military actually have their own uh, PR wings. Uh, th this has been contrasted with San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulín Cruz. So she is a very, very left-wing mayor of San Juan. Uh, she uh, apparently has, has supported uh, particular terrorist groups in the past that are left-wing uh, in terms of her, her rhetoric, uh, and she went on national TV to rip President Trump, and of course the media ate it up. Well, maybe from where she's standing, it's a good news story. When you're drinking from a creek, it's not a good news story. When you don't have food for a baby, it's not a good news story. When you have to pull people down from their buildings, because, you know, you know that, I'm sorry, but that really upsets me and frustrates me. You know, get, I would ask her to come down here and visit the towns and then make a statement like that, which frankly, it is an irresponsible statement and it contrasts with uh, the statements of support that I have been getting since yesterday when I got that call from the White House. This is, damn it, this is not a good news story. This is a people are dying story. This is a life or death story. This is, there's a truckload of stuff that cannot be taken to people's story. Okay, so, so the, the media, of course, eats this up and suggests that she is exactly right. This is going to be Trump's Katrina, and the media's alacrity to cover this thing. And their apparent unwillingness to talk to other people on the ground is quite striking here. There, there's some problems with, with this particular mayor, who seems like she has a lot of time for TV uh, and not as much time to actually do the things she's supposed to do. So she admitted in a press conference that she had not met with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. She was invited to do so, and she didn't even bother to do it. Will you meet uh, with people from my administration? People from my administration have been uh, to the COI. Yes. But she has not, apparently. So while she's ripping Trump up and down, she, uh, she has not visited the FEMA headquarters. Uh, she was also apparently wearing, at one point, she had a shirt made up that said, help us, we are dying. So she had time to make a custom T-shirt that she could wear on TV. Um, but uh, but her, her management of the crisis has, has not been great, to say the least. There's always this sort of blame game that goes on, by the way, between local authorities and the federal authorities. Remember, after Katrina, Mayor Ray Nagin, who was largely responsible for the tragedy in New Orleans, who had told people to stay in town, made it a voluntary evacuation instead of a mandatory evacuation. He blamed the federal government. The media ate that up. The governor, Kathleen Blanco, she blamed the feds. And, of course, the media ate that up. It was funny, when all the locals were saying that, that Obama wasn't doing enough during the Louisiana flooding a few years ago, uh, then the media wasn't quite so, uh, well, they weren't hustling quite so much to get those people. 
on TV. And I'm going to show you the other side. I'm going to show you the people who are saying this mayor is uh, is basically speaking uh, inaccurately, shall we say. But first, I want to say thank you to our friends over at Stamps.com. So if you don't feel like standing in line at the post office and you know waiting there for hours to get the stamps that you need or to measure the postage or, or you just don't feel like hanging out with all those people, if you want to be quick and efficient, that's what Stamps.com is for. So Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy, you can print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. They make it really easy over at Stamps.com. They send you a digital scale so you can calculate how much postage you need, and then they'll help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs, and then you can actually print the postage directly onto a piece of paper and tape it to your envelope or your package. You can print it directly onto a sticker. You can print it directly onto the envelope itself. You don't have to lease an expensive postage meter. Stamps.com is terrific because we, and we use it here at Daily Wire offices all the time. Right now, you can enjoy Stamps.com service with a special offer. It includes four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Shapiro. That's Stamps.com. Click on that mic at the top of the homepage and enter promo code Shapiro. You get a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitments for that special office, for that special offer. Rather, go to Stamps.com, promo code Shapiro. You never have to go to the post office again. Okay, so the media has been granting a lot of credibility to this San Juan mayor, who apparently is not doing the world's greatest job. But here is uh, the Puerto Rico governor saying the feds are answering our calls like we want more stuff, but they're doing what they can do. You know, there was a good article that is the FEMA chief in the Washington. It's OK. Examiner. We can play the FEMA chief. That's fine. And Brock Long from FEMA. Otero out of Guayanabo, if I'm not pronouncing that quote correct, is basically saying Look, there's been excellent communication with not only the governor, but also FEMA and, and the way that we're trying to tackle this. Um, you know, we can choose to look at, at what the mayor spouts off or what other people spout off, but we can also choose to see what's actually being done. And that's what I would ask. Okay, and uh, the, the Puerto Rican governor has also said that the feds are answering. So Trump responds to all of this, and he's very angry. And you, you can see why he's mad, because the media, of course, have jumped on this with both feeds. So, for example, Saturday Night Live called Trump uh, a cheap cracker, really. This is what they said, because Trump responded to the San Jose mayor by insulting the San, or the San Juan mayor because he insulted the San Juan mayor. Why don't we do his, his response first? So here are his tweets about the San Juan mayor. Uh, so he responded to the San Juan mayor by saying, the mayor of San Juan, who was very complimentary only a few days ago, has now been told by the Democrats that you must be nasty to Trump. Okay, again, I think that the president of the United States has the right to say, the mayor of San Juan, uh, I understand why she's emotional, but she's incorrect about the, about the way that we're treating this. We're treating this with the highest level of seriousness, which is why all of the experts say that we're doing what we can do. It's why the governor says this. It's why the other mayors say this. Instead, to go after her and say she's been nasty to Trump, he's making it more personal even than it was. Uh, that's not the way to, to unify or to, to move above the debate. Do I blame him for this? This is Trump. I mean, what, what would you expect? He feels like he was maligned, and he's going to hit back against that. And I don't think that he's completely wrong to do so. He, he continues along these lines. Uh, and, he, and he tweets, such poor leadership ability by the mayor of San Juan and others in Puerto Rico who are not able to get their workers to help. Again, here is where he starts to veer off. So as always, Trump starts from a point that is 80% correct, and he moves into points that are now 10% correct. Right? He's, who are these others in Puerto Rico who are not able to get their workers to help? Should he, can he call them out? Can we know? Or why is he, like, if we're going to play the blame game now, let's find out who specifically is impeding the progress here. Don't just put it on the people in Puerto Rico. And then he continues along these lines. He says, they... 
want everything to be done for them when it should be a community effort. 10,000 federal workers now on island doing a fantastic job. Okay, again, who are these people who want everything to be done for them now? It sounds like he's accusing all of these people of laziness. Like, what is the point of this? What is the point of this? He could just say, the San Juan mayor is wrong. I'm insulted by the implication that I'm not taking this seriously. Of course I am. Maybe she's politically motivated to say this stuff because I see no other reason for her to say this other than political motivation, right? That I think would find 90% appropriate. Him going after all of the all of the people of Puerto Rico, apparently, or a large swath of the people of Puerto Rico, that seems in saying that they want everything done for them. You know, that again, if you're not gonna name names, then this is just bad policy. But he's very angry at the media because the media used this as an opportunity to to slam Trump himself. So here is uh, here's Bernie Sanders talking about how it is it is unspeakable to attack the mayor of a city that has been underwater. Speaking from his fancy golf club, playing golf with his billionaire friends, attacking the mayor of San Juan, who is struggling to bring electricity to the island, food to the island, water to the island, gas to the island. That is just, it is unspeakable. And I don't know what world Trump is living in. Okay, so it's, it, I like that it's unspeakable for, for Trump to say the mayor's not doing her job, but it's not unspeakable for the mayor to say Trump's not doing his job. That much, I don't blame on Trump. I do blame Trump for going beyond that and starting to rip, you know, broad swaths of the Puerto Rican public or governing or governing structure. Uh, I also don't. I also blame Trump for for this. This 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 image is just not smart. You know, if, if Obama did this, we'd be ripping him up and down. If Obama had gone out and played golf in the middle of a of a hurricane relief effort and then dedicated the hur- dedicated the golf tournament to the victims of the hurricane relief, I have a feeling that everybody would have been on his case, and I think rightly so. No, it's just an image. Okay, so so apparently he he got up and he actually. So if you can't see the image, it's him at this golf tournament. And here is what he said. He said, on behalf of all of the people in Texas and all of the people of, if you look today and you see what's happening, how horrible it is, but we really have it under great control. Puerto Rico and the people of Florida who have suffered over this last short period of time with hurricanes. I want to just remember them, and we're going to dedicate this trophy to all of those people that went through so much that we love. A part of our great state, really a part of our great nation. He says, I'll tell you what, I've been watching this thing from the beginning, and I have to say, our Team USA, wow, did you play well. Um, I can guarantee you the people in Puerto Rico do not give two craps about this golfing event. Okay, and I don't think victims in Texas or Florida are deeply, are deeply honored by the president presenting the president's cup to the victims of a hurricane. Like, unless it actually has potable water in it, I have a feeling they're not super interested in it. So that's just bad politics. Trump, better than anybody, should know about the imagery here, uh, and it's really dumb. Does that justify the media's response? No. The media's response is super over the top. So here's SNL yesterday ripping into President Trump, calling him a cheap cracker. It's hurricane relief. These people need help. You just did this for white people twice. (laughs) Do the same thing. Go tell Melania to put on her flood heels, get some (laughs) bottled water, some food, pack up some extra Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl T-shirts, and write them a check with our money, you cheap cracker. Okay, so first of all, calling the president a cheap cracker Imagine if somebody had said something similarly inflammatory about Barack Obama referring to him by race. You know, would, would that be okay? And it, by the way, it's, it's, it's an easy comedic technique to use shocking words and then expect people to laugh, but it's really kind of gross. So no wonder Trump is mad and Trump has a right to be mad. Again, there's not a lot of evidence, or at least there's mixed evidence, that this Puerto Rican effort is being handled badly. Uh, and to, to suggest that he is a quote-unquote cheap cracker uh, is pretty incredible, and Trump has every right to be upset about all of that. 
for sure. The media are, are, are really over the top here. So I want to talk about football fallout and then some things I like and some things I hate. For all of those things, you're going to have to go over to the website right now and subscribe. For $9.99 a month, you can get a subscription to dailywire.com. You get the rest of the show live on video. So you can get the rest of the show later if you want to listen to it at iTunes or SoundCloud or YouTube where you should subscribe anyway. And you can do that for free. But if you want to actually watch the show live and see what I'm saying in real time, uh, then you need to go over to dailywire.com for $9.99 a month. You get my show live. You get Knowles's show live. You get Clavin's show live. You get all three of those shows live and if you're a subscriber you can write into the mailbag and we'll answer your questions on fridays we do the mailbag so you get to be part of our team that way if you want the annual subscription then you get it cheaper not 99 not 9.99 a month but 99 bucks a year so you save yourself about 20 bucks off the top by getting the annual and you also get this leftist tears hot or cold tumbler which you will enjoy to the very fullest of life you know you will just you will you will love it there's there's nothing about it you will not love you will you'll love the etching you will love the you will love the deliberately hand-carved by blind nuns lettering. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy the beverages that this thing holds. It is just glorious. So you get that. Um, if you just want to listen later, go over to iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube, as I said, and subscribe and leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We are by far the largest and fastest-growing conservative podcast in the nation. So it's fallen into the background now, but I do want to point out that President Trump uh, has won his debate with the NFL, at least insofar as the NFL backing down and the players deciding they no longer want to kneel for the anthem. So uh, I don't feel like it's too serious a day to spend time on a tremendous amounts of time on frivolities uh, like this, like this foolishness. Um, but I do think that it is worthwhile pointing out uh, that the NFL players did back down. So there were some 80, some, there were 80 odd players who, who knelt last Sunday. This Sunday, it was like 11 or 12. Uh, it, was, it was a much lower number, uh, maybe, tw maybe 20 uh, at the upper end. The players decided that it was not worth alienating their audiences, and that's because Trump threw a spotlight on them, and the players were stupid enough to all kneel, and then the audience said, nope, not into it, and uh, the players all stood up again. So you know, good for the good for the audiences for saying it's it's wrong to kneel. Uh, I suppose good for Trump for for saying that it's wrong to kneel because I agree with him that it's wrong to kneel. Uh, I'm not you know, I, I'm not glad about the way that he went about it. But again, I think it's clever of Trump politically to have done this. And I'll show you. Marshawn Lynch is a, is a running back for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he's also kind of a crazy person. Uh, and Marshawn Lynch uh, showed up at his game yesterday wearing a shirt that says "Everybody versus Trump." Right. And so th there he is. You can see the picture of him wearing the shirt that says everybody versus Trump. And President Trump, thanks you for your 2020 donation, Marshawn. I mean, nothing is going to make Trump look better than a bunch of jerk football players who make millions of dollars a year and want to kneel for the anthem saying that they are against Trump. It makes Trump a very happy man every time they do this. Kamala, and what's amazing is the Democrats are so stupid that they're jumping right into the—they've they, they, decided they are going to jump on every landmine. Every landmine must be stepped upon multiple times until it explodes. Kamala Harris, the senator from California, unfortunately my own senator over here in California, she says that no one should feel threatened or bullied by President Trump. Again, I don't disagree that President Trump shouldn't have been bullying the NFL to suspend players, but I think the Democrats are making a very stupid political move by trying to own this one. Let's speak the truth that when Americans demand recognition that their lives matter or kneel to call attention to justice, that that is an expression of free speech protected by our Constitution and should not be threatened or bullied. Okay, I may agree with the general point that she's making, but the Democrats wanting to own this thing, not particularly smart. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So, 
quick things that I like. So um, there's a book that I read over the weekend. Uh, it was recommended me to recommended to me by uh, a new friend uh, who we are doing a Facebook Live with either today or tomorrow. We, we did film it earlier, but we're going to put it up a little later. Um, that is Professor Edward Fazer, um, who wrote Five Proofs of God's Existence. Uh, he recommended to me a book on free will that I read over the weekend. It's very short. It's about 85 pages, but it really is quite concise and good. It's called Free, Why Science Hasn't Disproved Free Will by a guy named Alfred Melee. And it is quite good. It's easily readable. And it debunks a lot of the scientific arguments on behalf of the notion that neuroscience shows that you have no free will and that basically you're just a machine, a self-replicating machine. Uh, that, that's not the case. And this book shows that the science has not proved it. The single most important factor for the development of a society is your feeling of capacity to better yourself and better the society in which you live. If we didn't feel that way, progress would stop short, people would get depressed, we have a serious problem. I think that's one of the problems with our society as it currently is constituted. Check out this book for, to find out why science has overstepped its boundaries in making some of its more uh, ridiculous claims about the nature of your capacity to choose. Again, the book is free, Why Science Hasn't Disproved Free Will. Good book. Okay, other things that I like. So I ripped SNL earlier. I want to compliment SNL for a very funny bit that they did. Uh, they did a, a bit for a new type of genes that they are calling Levi's Woke. Uh, here is, here is the, the bit. It's pretty funny. My genes tell me I'm a man. My genes tell me I'm a woman. They tell me I'm relaxed. That I'm skinny? A child. Yo, you don't know me, jeans. I'm not a style. I'm not a size. That's not me. I am not a child. I'm me. I'm unique. I'm woke. Woke, woke. I'm woke. So, why aren't my jeans? Now they are. Introducing Levi Wilkes, sizeless, style-neutral, gender non-conforming denim for a generation that defies labels. Levi's heard that if you're not woke, it's bad. <laughs> so we made these. Defining someone by their style? That's offensive. That's why Levi Wilkes have no style. <laughs> What's my size? Why don't you try asking me about my accomplishments? Problems are size me. They fit everybody. Because they fit nobody. <laughs> so what colors do they come in? Colors? I'm triggered. This color. Can you label this color? That is the color grab. They not brown, but they not not brown. It's a handful of colors, none of which are dominant. Just like our country. Oh, wait. Whoa. <laughs> Let's talk pockets. Pockets sold separately. Yo, who says I have hands? You getting this yet? The jeans are woke. Whoa! Do they come in men's and women's? Nah. Do they come in person? What do you think? That's why woke's got Unifly. 180 degrees of gender nonconformity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, 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 see, when SNL actually decides to be politics neutral and go after both sides, it's so funny. This is really good, okay, because the whole woke thing is so stupid. And of course, trying to apply it to basic elements of everyday life demonstrates how stupid it is. Okay, so there we go. A thing from SNL that I like. Congratulations, SNL. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. So. Here we go. Okay, so uh, I was going to do this on Friday, but I must show it to you now. This is, of course, the pause pod. So somebody decided that it was imperative to actually invent something called the pause pod um, in which you are supposed to sit and pause and reflect. I guess you carry it around with you. Okay, it's in a dude getting into a tent, and there's like an actual part of the tent that folds out, 
to hold your legs. It says, take a nap anywhere. And then it's just some creepy dude in the middle of a park getting out of a tent, like a homeless guy near my, you know, near the LA River. Just awesome. So somebody invented a tent, and then they called it the pause pod. And apparently it's like well insulated, and also you can stick your legs out so that somebody can trip over you, apparently. You know, Peter Thiel suggests that the pace of innovation in our society has dramatically slowed. I would think that this is pretty good proof of that. My son has a pause pod. It's like a little, it's a, it's a little tent that we got him for like $10, and he likes to prop it up and sit in it. Uh, I guess it's his pause pod now. Uh, he does not stick his legs out of it because he's not a moron like these adults who decide that in a public place, they need, he's a year and a half, and he's not stupid enough to do this, and they've decided that they need to stick their legs out into the public thoroughfare. As I suggested to Mathis, this just seems like ripe for robbery, right? Like, I mean, can't you just imagine... Somebody goes to sleep in public in a tent. You just open up the tent, grab their stuff, and run. And meanwhile, their legs are tangled up in, their, in, the, in the lengthening part of the pause pod. Or if you really want to get violent about it, I suppose you could just chainsaw off their legs, and then they really can't chase you. Um, but, you know, there's no reason to get violent about it. You can also just push over the tent and laugh. That's probably what I would do. So if you ever see someone with a pause pod, just know that that person is not a success in life. Okay, uh, other thing that I hate. So... Uh, the other thing that I hate today uh, is that John Kasich somehow thinks he's still relevant. The Ohio governor, who basically assured that Donald Trump won the nomination by staying in the race far too long, a man who I have said before looks like he went through the washing machine like a receipt in your pocket and then was uncrumbled. Uh, he now says that maybe he won't support the Republicans and he'll make an independent run, because that's just what we need, America, is John Kasich making an independent run. Oh, God, no. Please, God, not John Kasich. Yes, John Kasich. If the party can't be fixed, Jake, then I'm not going to be able to support the party, period. Well, okay, if the party is fixed by people like John Kasich, it ain't fixed. Okay, I think there are serious problems in the party. I do not think that this, that this man is the one to fix the problems in the party, considering that he was too selfish to get out of the race and let somebody else compete. This, this dummy stayed in long enough that it was impossible for anybody else to win the nomination. And here he is talking about how he, he's not a factor in ruining the party. He's not, this is a guy who expanded Medicaid in his state in accordance with Obamacare. Blech. Okay, go away. Good riddance. Get out, John. No one likes you. Okay, so we'll be back here tomorrow. The rest of the week, we are, we are broadcasting from abroad. We are. We're in the next two days, we're broadcasting from Sacramento. And then I'm gone for a week and a half. So treasure these next two days. Treasure our time together. Because it really is precious. Uh, and please, seriously, uh, everybody pray today for the state of the country. Now, pray today for, for the world. And let's pray that the evil that, that is growing, it seems, uh, all over the planet and in so many hearts and minds should be checked by a, by a more benevolent God. Let's, let's pray for that. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find the mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has just the mattress for you. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz and was matched with a Helix Midnight Mattress because I wanted a medium firmness and I sleep on my side. I am sleeping so much better on my new mattress. Don't want to take my word for it? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. 
Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire, code HELIXPARTNER20.